0: what's going on listeners welcome back to matt goes to the movies we are rolling along here in november with animated movie month and i am super excited to be here talking about my neighbor totoro uh not only because i'm fascinated by this movie but i get to bring back a good friend of mine and harrison from the basement binge is joining to talk about this movie so Harrison, welcome back to the show. Really glad to have you. Well, thank
1: you. I'm I'm really excited to be here. It's been a while since we've done an episode together, and uh, I'm very excited that it's this particular episode. So I've been enjoying your animation months so far, so I'm glad I get to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, this was one that I was really, really looking forward to, and, you know, one that caught me way off guard because this is the first time I've ever seen this movie is doing this episode. So I wasn't sure what to expect you had heard, you know, well, I say you had heard great things, but like you hear great things about this movie, you read reviews, you look at the scores and it's sometimes one of those things where like, well, could it be as good? And I'm really excited to talk about whether or not I think it is as good as the praise that I have seen for it. But before we actually get into that, November's a a pretty big month for the Basement Binge, and I'd like to take a second to you know, let you talk about that with the listeners, about what do you got going on over there, because it's it's exciting in its own right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Here at the Basement Binge, we're doing Nolan November.
1: It's something, you know, the Basement Binge, I'm into binging movies, and one of the things I always planned to do was a Christopher Nolan binge. Uh, So I'm kind of the main eight main ones starting with Batman begins that everyone knows been binging through those all month. so there's an episode out on the prestige on Batman begins coming out very soon The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises so just going through all of the Christopher Nolan films and it loving it it's it's a blast it's it's fun you know I'm sure as you know Matt when you have a podcast to kind of organize like okay I'm gonna watch this movie and then I'm gonna watch this movie it's fun to just like almost like let that go and just enjoy movies that you know you love um, so it's, it's been a blast
0: yeah, no, I was really excited when I started to see the the layout of, you know, what you'd be covering in November, um, and, you know, obviously you and I have talked, and listeners of this show have, you know, heard my reaction to it, and you've even mentioned it on your own site, but I'm very partial to Batman Begins, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was really excited to... Uh, you know, see that you were gonna be covering that because yeah, I have a incredibly soft spot for Batman begins in my thought process of where that ranks for Nolan and Batman movies. So
1: Yeah, I uh you I I remember your review. I remember you and I talking multiple times about how you think not think, how you you say that it's a, a better Batman movie than the Dark Knight and how it's the best of the trilogy, so on and so forth. And I was like Mm, I'm not sure and then (laughs) I got to it myself and I haven't I've seen it before but it's been a long time and I was just like wow this is good like this really is that good Uh, so that was a lot of fun and the whole time I was just thinking about you
0: I was like okay maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about (laughs) Well, uh, jury's still out on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, here with with Matt goes to the movies and my neighbor Totoro. I I, I want to let you take your first part to, you know, give the listeners a recap uh, of this movie, what your thoughts are before we get into spoiler, you know, spoiler territory, because I think, you know, this is one that is probably hard to not talk about in, in spoilers. Because to me, it just evokes a lot of emotion that you have to talk about specific things that happen.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, It's hard to say that, you know, kind of explain what the movie is about because I'd never seen it before either. This was my first time seeing it. It's been on my watch list forever, kind of like you said. Uh, You know, when you hear those things about it. So My Neighbor Totoro, how do you describe it? I guess it's kind of just two sisters who move out into the country um with their dad to be closer to their mom who's in the hospital and then they just have fantastical experiences in the country and and it's just i mean like i don't know it's just like a really beautiful film i, I there's so much of it that i was just i was just happy like i i wasn't like uh, thinking about too much except for just how like peaceful and enjoyable it was and how pleasant pleasant is the word that comes to mind it was just it was beautiful and it was pleasant and uh Really,
0: like you said, emotional, just in how real it all feels. Yeah, I think that is a really, really good way to describe it because as I was watching this movie, I was just sitting there and I kind of stopped to myself and went, God, this is just like, it's gorgeous. It goes by at, to me, like a rapid pace, but not because it feels short but because I was just so engaged in it. And the other thing that I thought of while watching this movie was, boy, this is something that just, it made me stop and go, this is why I enjoy movies. There's some movies where you can, you know, you turn off your brain as they say, and you shove popcorn in your mouth or whatever snack you want to have, you know, while you're watching. And there's other things where you stop and you think, and there's deep messages and to me, this is just, it, to me, it's one of those movies where I just stop and I think about everything going on. And it really just, this is a movie that makes me appreciate movies and reminds me of why I do this podcast in the first place, because I just love talking about this. But I think without getting too specific about certain things, you know, that's where really I can just recap what i feel about this episode yeah so yeah well said yeah so harrison i i'd like you to you know if you don't mind i'd love to actually talk about a segment that you do on your show to incorporate a little bit of the basement binge here of course and whether or not this is a never watch again you know, a stream. So what I'd like to do is I'd like you to take the listeners through how you rate the movies on your show. And we can incorporate that with this today. If you could take the listeners through that.
1: Yeah, of course. So it's a segment over at the basement inch called pick your poison that I made up. I don't know why I have that name, but uh, in essence, it's just instead of giving it like a rating out of a percentage or letter grade or whatever stars, uh, it was all kind of based off how I would choose to interact with the movie again, out of four options to never watch it again, which is self-explanatory, uh, to stream it is the next option above that, which just means when I'm, you know, kind of blindly looking for something to watch and it's on a service, I'm already paying for it. It's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'll click on it. You know, when you're, you're, you're browsing on Netflix and then you finally find something an hour later. <laughs> um, Then above that is to rent it in the right circumstances. you pay a few dollars to rent it, be that red box or digitally or whatever. Um, And then the top of the list, the last option is to buy it, you know, again, digitally or physically on Blu-ray or DVD and own it. Watch as many times as you want.
0: Um, Those are the four options. Yeah, so I'm going to go first if you don't mind, but... After watching this movie, I have HBO Max. It's on that streaming service. That's how I watch this. But after watching this movie, I feel so strongly about it that this is a buy to me. Um, I absolutely love HBO Max, and I will continue to subscribe to HBO Max and pay the monthly fee. But there is something about this movie that has just resonated with me to the point where I feel like I need to go out and actually purchase it and have a hard copy of this movie. So I I will be doing that um, actually probably on my lunch break tomorrow from work. I'll run over to Best Buy and pick this movie up because that's how big of a fan I am.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. (laughs) Uh, To kind of follow you along, I've never seen this before, like we mentioned at the beginning. Um, But I knew we were doing this episode, and I was just originally planning on watching it on HBO Max, same as you. But then I had a gift card from an Amazon gift card for work for $15 that I got. And this had been on my Amazon list for a while. You know, I just kind of been waiting until I see it and then I was going to buy it. And I was like, why not? I was, I was ordering something else for Amazon. I, I was like, I've got a gift card that's the exact price of the movie. Just throw it in there. You know, I'm already ordering something else. Uh, I know I'm going to like it. And uh, I'm really glad I bought it because if I were to choose a ranking, it would be a buy. I think if I were in your situation where I just watched it, I'd be. I would have ordered it. I would have used that gift card and ordered it right after watching it. (laughs) Because it's just, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that there was like one particular thing that I could say like, oh, this really resonated with me. Besides just like, life is a really like beautiful thing, if that makes sense. Like, like, the resonance it has with me is just like appreciation for life, uh, if that makes sense. Um, So it's not something I'm like, oh, this really impacted me. But it's just, you know, like what a, a happy film. I plan to have kids one day. Like, I would love to watch this with my little kids. Like, it's just one of those movies that you can confidently watch anytime and always be uplifted by it. So, of course, I'm going to buy it and watch it a bunch.
0: Yeah. You know, I totally agree. I think, you know, uplifted by it is a really great way to describe this movie. And, you know, one of the reasons why I feel like it's so well made is you know i i just the story just resonates with me it's like you said it's about a family who moves out to the countryside to be with their you know mother who's sick and to be able to see her more often and that's just where it immediately captures me is about a family about a dad with his two daughters who are going to a new house because they want to be closer to their mother the bond between the sisters it just it all works to me it's just such a great representation uh, you know of family and what family can mean um and you know what you will do for people that you love i just it immediately from the start you know lured me in with that message and then the animation style on top of it is just—it's a can't miss. Oh yeah, I—it's just one of those things that
1: just watching it, you're just—you're just filled with pleasantries because it's just,
0: you know, that what, what can you complain about it? Right. I mean, you've got again, and it's in these movies too. Here's one of the things that. You know i picked up on and harrison i know you've you know watched you know a bunch of these style movies you know you've done a review on the basement binge of How's moving castle but the right voice actors too can really you know lend to making sure that this works because you are listening you know with the animation style there's a lot that goes into the dialogue and the way the characters sound. And I feel like that's just another thing where they hit the nail on the head is everybody that they got to voice these characters that also works. There's a warm feeling behind the actors, behind the actresses that voice these characters that really just draw you into what's going on.
1: Oh yeah, I completely agree. I, I, you know, and just to talk about voice cast a little bit, this is one thing that I think Studio Ghibli and them working with Disney that they did for these English releases does really well, is that, there's, you know, it is a, a, um, a dub over an original Japanese voice acting. But I forget that I'm watching a dub, you know, the way that they mold the moist acting, moist acting, voice acting, voice acting, to match the actual animation really, really fits. So it, it do, it's not as jarring as like a traditional dub. Anyway, it, it, it's one of those things that just, they, these voices that are, are so much of the character really bring it across. The two, uh, Dakota Fanning and Ellie Fanning, who played the two sisters, like they, I, they were just adorable. Like I just kept going, oh, that's so cute. Like, like genuinely, me and my wife right. we were watching it and we were just, that's so cute. In the way that just, the way they just sounded. Um, it, it really is touching.
0: Yeah, it it really is. And it's just funny, too, with some of the things that actually, you know, the way that this movie is really talked about now and the viewpoint that it has from fans. I mean, the, the scores on it are amazing. But, you know, this was a movie that was originally rejected they didn't actually want to do this and the initial pitch was was rejected and it originally was a box office flop like this wasn't like oh yeah this is a sure thing right out of the gate you know this is something that over time has really gotten the recognition that it has now but it definitely was not like that from the beginning and You know, it's one of those things that, again, I just I love movies that started off as not what original, you know, it wasn't originally this big, huge thing. And then over time, more and more people watch it. The word of mouth get out, word of mouth gets out and the film starts to get the audience that I really feel this film deserves.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I It's a fantastic film. It's interesting. I was curious. I didn't know that about this. So I went and looked it up. Uh, to see, you know, what it, what it had made. And uh, it made domestically and its release about two and a quarter million dollars. In 2018, they did a re-release and it made one uh, and a quarter million dollars. So, you know, almost, only a million dollars less for a re-release, you know, like that. I mean, what a great re-release, but also shows how little it really did make, which, you know, who hasn't heard of My Neighbor Totoro? Uh, so it's interesting that it had humble beginnings, but I yeah. think that, that, that like we've already said, people just found it and, and latched onto it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has a cameo appearance in Toy Story three, like <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. like he has certainly, you know, made his way into more main, you know, more mainstream throughout the years, and it's just. It, I, I can't get over this movie again The the animation style, the voice acting and really just the, the philosophy behind this movie. It is hugely influenced by the Shinto belief and, you know, everything having a spirit in the trees, and the forest. And it's just, again, it's, it's an odd movie in the sense that, you know, Harrison, when you really think about this, and watching it, no, I hate to say it like this because maybe this sounds terrible, but nothing happens. Like realistically, think about what happens in this movie from a sense of like grand scale or something like that. Nothing happens. It's it's just a story about family, but you feel like you've just watched something like to me. I felt like I just watched something epic while nothing really transpires throughout the movie and maybe to somebody listening to this that's probably not the most elegant way to say it <laughs> but but i i can't think of anything else to describe it other than i just i felt like i watched something more than really on the surface of what it is and that's why i love it because there's so much behind what you're seeing
1: oh yeah i agree with you i i you know, the synopsis here as on letterbox, two sisters move to the country with their father in order to be closer to their hospitalized mother and discover the surrounding trees are inhabited by Totoros, magical spirits of the forest. When the youngest runs away from home, the older sister seeks here to find like that's it. That's the whole movie. Like the synopsis is right. the <laughs> whole movie. Uh, yeah. What else happens yeah? Uh, you know, as far as like plot, if you will. Um you know, I, you know, more plagiarism, if you don't mind. I saw somebody else's review on, on Letterboxd. No plot, no central character, no antagonist, no defined purpose for the side characters, no threat, no three acts, no jokes, no punchlines, no explanations, no internal references, no catchphrases, no political, p- palmecial voice, no melodrama, no beginning, no end. One of the best films ever made. And I was like, you know what? You're kind of right. Whoever wrote that, that I totally just plagiarized. You know, I the sisters just experienced experience something really because oh, I, I know how long it lasted. Um and I on the clock because I actually literally finished it right before we started recording <laughs> And so I was like, oh it's coming to mm-hmm. an end. Like nothing's gonna happen. right like, and then I was like, oh nothing happened. And that was awesome. Yeah. It,
0: yeah, it you know the one thing too that it does I think really well is it captures the spirit of like being a kid and how kids react to things and how you know in the beginning of the movie they get to the new house and the dad asks the girls to find the stairs and they're running around the house saying not here oh not here and the you know the little sister's copying the big sister and that's something that you know is for me having kids myself and you know when they were younger and everything like that yeah, kids just have that, that free spirit and anything can be fun and a game to them and their reactions and the joy of just like simple everyday things. um, I thought was captured like really, really well in this movie that it, it really shows what it's like to be a kid and how they react to things around them.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. It just felt like, it captured the grace of childhood. You know, the, even the way, like the simple thing, like the way that may, the younger sister walked down the stairs when she had her hands clapped in front of her with the dust sprite that she caught, you know, just like not being able to take the whole step and having to go, you know, one at a time. And it just was, and, and just like the care, the carelessness, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go run off and do some chores or whatever she said. And then she comes back with flowers and dad, you be the flower shop. Like, and, I just felt like, you know, every once in a while, maybe it's just a little sentimental. You like look back on your life and you have those memories. You're like, yeah, good things have happened in my life and I'm grateful for the people in it. I felt like I experienced that by watching a movie because it just captures so r- close to reality
0: or not family. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is. You know, un, that's an unbelievably great way to describe it. And I really like, too, that this, for me, I, I watched, well, I'm sorry, I read a lot about this movie, and there's some really, like, dark fan, you know, some really, like, kind of dark and morbid fan theories. There's some other theories on it that are a little bit more jovial. But at the same time, I feel like you could go either way, Harrison. I'm not sure if you've read a lot of these, but I feel like you can go to both aspects of these theories, and you can get an understanding of both of them. But neither, you know, to me, obviously, some of the the darker ones are, you know, it's like, oh, that's that's really sad but there's also a lesson there in those theories. And it makes me think about what, you know, it makes me think about what I just saw it. You know, I, I feel like this movie lends itself to also, you could interpret it any way you want, and you could still get a sense of like completeness from it, whatever side you're on and what you think this movie actually means. I was saying, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this Read anything, I might also be able
1: to understand it of, the, of that individual coming up with that theory. Because I think, in how like plotless this film is, a lot of the power of it and a lot of the resonance and, and joy in it comes from the way we, we um, kind of express our own experiences on it uh, or project, not express, we project our own experiences on it and how that comes back
0: to us. You know how yeah no i i think that's you know completely Geez, i'm so i just with a movie like this (laughs) i find myself kind of tongue-tied because i'm so like captured by it and i as we're talking about it i'm just thinking more and more and my thoughts are kind of spinning because i'm just i'm really kind of in awe over what i watched because I didn't know what to expect, but I will say that I did not expect what I got. So it's, it's hard for me to sometimes put some of these thoughts right now, um, you know, to the podcast because it's, I'm just so enthralled with this movie.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, Like I said, I, I literally finished it right before we started recording and you know, I've, I've heard about it. I was expecting to have a specific type of conversation, you know, like I, I knew that Totoro was kind of like an imaginary, well, maybe imaginary is the wrong word, but we'll just go with that. Kind of an imaginary animal or spirit, you know, something that they experience that other people don't. And so I thought that it was going to be a little bit more uh, sad in that that was like them escaping a difficult thing with their mother and um, So I I had my own ideas, and then when it wasn't that, which it doesn't need to be that, and I'm glad it's not, it's just like, wow, I'm glad I didn't make this movie, but now I don't know what to say about it Uh, because I'm just (laughs) so impressed by it. uh, You know, I'm still trying to... This is going to sound really weird. I'm so impressed that I'm trying to figure out what is impressive.
0: Yeah, uh, again, though, because nothing... nothing really happens in this movie. And for somebody who hasn't seen this movie again, this, you know, saying nothing happens might sound (laughs) like, well, why would I watch this? But just because something isn't happening physically, there is something emotionally happening at all times and thought provoking every single time you are watching the screen. There, there is not a moment that goes by that you can't again, Harrison. You just mentioned this a little bit ago. You can't pick something from your childhood and say, Yeah, I remember that, or you know, another point in your life. There is always something going on that you can relate to in this movie, but it's all it's mem- you know it's all dedicated on memories and what you have gone through in your life while listening to the dialogue and just watching the simpleness of you know them standing in the rain for a scene, waiting for a bus to come with Totoro next to them there's there's so much there to unpack for me that again, yeah i'm I'm still gathering thoughts about exactly where this movie sits with me in terms of um, like an emotional weight. Cause there's a lot. Oh yeah.
1: There, there's a lot of it that I, that I think if I were to watch it a, a day later, a week later, a year later, my experiences is, is going to be different every single time because there is, there is, you know, there, there's a long scene where it's literally just Totoro holding an umbrella, which is absolutely adorable. Like that's the other thing about, both the 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 two sisters but also just the entire animation is that everything just feels adorable and like totoro feels fluffy i never touched him but he feels fluffy and soft right which is just incredible uh but anyway he's just standing there holding an umbrella and it's like man you know i really could just sit here and think about that scene and why that's an impactful scene and it'd probably take me like 30 minutes to come up with something to actually say, you know, cause I, I feel like so much of this is hard to express cause it's more of, of an experience than it is a story you can reiterate.
0: Right. Yeah, it, exactly. And, you know, like I said, there's, there's so much behind different theories about this movie that I want to go back and rewatch it for me personally. Looking at it from the perspective of some of these theories that, you know, he's also uh, the one is he's actually the God of death. And that to me is a really interesting theory and one that I would like to kind of delve deeper into going back and watching the movie to see, you know, where that lies. And I think not to sound morbid, but I think you could pull from that theory but still really get enjoyment about this movie and just the thought of, you know, sometimes, you know, understanding and learning, you know, everybody processes it differently, but that is a natural part of life and how you actually, you know, accept move on with your life. Um, I, I really am interested in some of those uh, theories that, there's a much different meaning to this movie. You know, now that I know what it is and and what it,
1: um, yeah, now that I know what it is, it, I'm really excited to go back and revisit it, especially with the ideas that you talked about, you know, and just something that I've loved about and these anime films from Japan that I've gotten into more uh, since doing The Basement Binge, be it a Hao Miyazaki Studio Ghibli film or like one of my personal favorite films, Your Name, one of the reasons that I love them so much is so much of it is involved in like our connection to earth and to the things around us in so many different forms. Um, and just to, to plagiarize something else and how it all feels like a genuinely positive circle of life. In darkness, like something you're expressing. It's still a very positive and respectable and honorable circle of life. That's um, just, I don't know is a belief that like, I, I really Uh, that I want to believe in. And so having experiences that remind me to believe in it are always, always good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons why it resonates so well is because you can get so many different aspects out of this movie. I mean, you know, again, sometimes these aren't the greatest things, but eight point two uh, on imdb ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, this is a movie that has resonated with people uh, on all levels. and I really think it's because you know, number one, like we talked about it's it's a gorgeous movie. Number two, um, you know, just at certain points, it's just fun. It's just wholesome. It's you know you you sit there and you're just, in awe of the color palettes of the movie, you know, at least from my standpoint, but yeah. then also you get into, you know, deeper meetings and you can take personal lessons from it and apply it to, you know, things that you've gone through in your own life. It's just, it branches out to so many different aspects that anybody who watches this can take whatever they want from it. And, and in my opinion, be right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, one one last thing here before we we close out this episode is you know, these movies have been in this, you know, this director has been now like really renowned as like the best of his his genre for for this and I will say that this movie I immediately once I was done with with this on HBO Max I literally like clicked down on my remote and added every single thing that they had on <laughs> HBO Max from this guy to my playlist. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah, Hal Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli. It's something that I discovered because of the podcast and I'm so grateful I have. They're they're powerful.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely looking for it. I'm probably going to have to do a a couple more reviews on some of these other (laughs) movies, because if they're anything like this, uh, I'm definitely going to want to talk about them. So, you know, Harrison, we'll we'll close this part out by, for me, you know, on Matt Goes to the Movies, we do the reel system. For me, this is easily five reels. A beautiful story from whatever aspect I I think the viewer wants to come from. Uh, A great voice, you know, dubbing on this. Because, again, it can be sometimes very abrupt. Uh, This is such a seamless transition uh, with this movie, with the dubbing. A a gorgeous color palette and just a, a movie that makes me, again, think about why I love movies in the first place. So for me, this is easily five out of five reels.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Five out of five. It's, it's one of those movies that, um, uh, let me let me say it this way. I've been, I'm have i really busy. I've been really kind of like stressed and anxious and how busy I am. In fact, I forgot that I, uh, that I, not, I didn't forget we were doing the episode. It dawned on me today that I hadn't watched the movie yet because I was planning on watching it yesterday and then I couldn't. And anyway, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I got to find an hour and a half in my day where I can watch the movie before I record with Matt. And so it was like, you know, you're moving at a thousand miles a minute and then you sit on the couch and you press play. And it just, it put me at, at peace. I still have a bajillion things to do, right? That it didn't get rid of those things, but it, it put me in a good mood and I'm uplifted. And it, like you said, it reminds me why I love movies. Um, I was doing an episode the other day for the dark Knight rises where I had the guests and they, they asked me a question. They said, what is the movie that you like relate to most? I think that's what they said. The word relate. I don't remember. And I said, Spirited Away, which is another Miyazaki movie. And I said, just, just I, there's something about that story that I just feel like is me. And, and I love it for that reason. And as much as I love these Nolan, Nolan November, it's a completely different experience watching how Miyazaki, like, this is, this is, My Neighbor Totoro and The Dark Knight do not <laughs> compare. Uh, great reminder. Five out of five. I'm sure that I will be rewatching many times. I'm like, I have this list. Sorry, this is kind of long rating. But I, I have this list in my head where when I have kids, particularly like young kids, you know, like toddlers, four or five year olds, this list of movies mm-hmm. that I'm going to watch. This definitely made it onto that list. And I look forward to that experience and a new richness that that experience of being a parent will bring to something as special as this film
0: yeah no i i I totally agree that is this movie i i just want to really quick reiterate what you stated because yeah this movie you know really just kind of calm me like uh work today you know i work in the retail industry it's you know a big day for that it was super busy uh come home dinner you know everything in between i kind of like you said harrison been super you know busy lately i had to find an hour and a half like you said to to get this movie in and everything else that was going on between i did some remodeling in my house where i redid my living room um you know and that's finally done but all of that whirlwind like yeah when i sat down and started watching this movie y- you said it exactly how i felt like I just felt at peace all of a sudden. It was like, okay, you know, all the craziness from work that's gone, getting everything done in the house that I got done over the past week. Like that's done. I'm just sitting here watching something that I am thoroughly enjoying from the moment it really started. Like the second it came up on screen, there was just something about this movie that like put me at ease. So I I think you said that perfectly.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with what you said. One last thing to add is that this movie has a lot of rain in it. You know, right? One of the scenes we talked about is one of are just standing there in the yep. rain with with Totoro, and uh, you know, the rain can. I want to make this short because I tend to be long winded. When you're in a rush and you got places to be and you're trying to do things, rain is a serious inconvenience. It, like it gets in your way of things. It take makes things take longer. Everything is wet. Like it it inconveniences everything. And this movie makes me in the mood where standing in the rain and just standing there sounds like a wonderful thing to do. Like, like it takes almost things that in the right mood and mindset are an inconvenience and turns them into a positive experience. Like, oh, my gosh, that that what I just what I just came out of my mouth is a real thing. I can and I, I'm so like amazed that that is.
0: Yeah, no, that is – I won't say anything else because I think you said that perfectly. <laughs> um, so uh, what I will say is I do want to give you um, here in one second another opportunity to make sure that you talk about the show where listeners can find it if you know they haven't found your show yet from listening to this one in the episodes that you've been on. Uh, one announcement that I want to make uh, for Matt Goes to the Movies is I was fortunate enough to be part of a giveaway recently on the show where I did get five copies of Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins on Blu-ray with a digital copy uh, to give away to listeners. I will be announcing those winners, contacting you through email so I can send out your copies. So thank you to everybody that has listened and you know sent in reviews for those episodes, uh, well, for any episode. Uh, That was really cool. Really looking forward to giving those out and hopefully doing something like that again in the very, very near future. So be on the lookout for, you know, an email from Matt Goes to the Movies to let you know when I will be sending those copies out. So Harrison, with that being said, please take a second. Talk about the basement binge. You know, your notes will well, your links will be in the show notes for this episode so people can click right to it. But walk us through one more time what you got going on. Well,
1: thank you. I appreciate the chance for that. First, I got to say, if you're listening to this episode and you're new to Matt Goes to the Movies, definitely subscribe to it wherever you're listening. He's got some great episodes, uh, particularly this animation month that you're doing. I'm absolutely loving. Especially you got to subscribe for the Howl's Moving Castle episode that Matt's doing. I have no idea what he's going to say. I just know that it's going to be a good episode and that you don't want to miss it. I am, uh uh, sitting on pins and needles waiting for that episode. <laughs> so uh, thank you for letting me be a part of this because this this is a blast. Um, but The Basement Binge, just real briefly, is a podcast very similar to this where I review movies. Matt has been on the podcast. Rob has been on the podcast. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning and kind of throughout this episode, currently doing Nolan November, just enjoying eight of Christopher Nolan's films, having a lot of fun, just binging movies. Uh, very different feeling than My Neighbor Totoro, but still fun in a different way. Um, there's a bunch of other things. If you enjoy animation, I have my own animation season that I've done, um, including an episode on spirited away. So check out that if you like. I'm glad that I finally had a reason to watch this movie. Like I said, it's been on my watch list forever. Then I've just kind of waited to, you know, almost have like a reason to, which it sounds silly. Um, but more than just having a reason to watch it, I'm really grateful that I had someone to talk to about it afterwards because it, there's movies like this that are kind of special that I think deserve a conversation. And so I'm, thank you for letting me have a conversation with you about it because it, 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 it deserves it. And I, and I'm grateful for it. So thank you.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm grateful to have you on the show. Um, it's been, you know, awesome. Uh, I, I mention this every single time, but, you know, we've developed a, a friendship because uh, of this podcast and, you know, it was, really cool that when i started this thing you reached out and were like hey um you know like the show but like you know two people who never talked before in their lives and you know now it's like you said i've been on your show you've been here you know we we text periodically of what's going on so it's just been really cool and i'm always really grateful when uh, you're able to to come on the show or vice versa so i, I definitely appreciate it yeah of course so with that being said, listeners, again, if, if for any reason you haven't checked out The Basement Binge from, you know, listening to this show and the episodes that Harrison has been on, click the link that's going to be in the notes for this. It, it's a great show. The Nolan thing is something that I am just eagerly uh, anticipating, you know, him getting through so I can listen to all of those because um, I'm, I'm really interested to hear his thoughts on some of these other Nolan movies and it's a lot of fun. And he's got some really great episodes on just a plethora of other things like the MCU. Uh, I know he's, you know, again, he, like you he said, he's got spirit away. He did one on how's moving castle, which I'll be covering. So check out the basement binge. You can, you know, search that wherever you get your podcast, but it'll also be in the show notes. And until next time for Matt goes to the movies. Thanks for listening.